In a world of uncertainty, one thing's for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will be hosting a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by Abvi, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. On today's podcast, Kelly and I are going to talk about Russ protesting in Compton, the protest that Kelly attended. We're going to recap a little bit of what Tabo Cephalosha had to say on our last podcast and using the NBA as a social vehicle. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke. They in his pockets. Don't you get them started? He a monster. He a lockness. Ah. And James Harden, that's the big gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. Uh. The legends in the flesh to the show, you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth, you like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word, just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. I'm your host, Mo Dekeel. I had to miss last week, but I'm back here, folks, and I'm ready to roll. With me, as always, is Kelly Eco, our man on the ground. He's the guy. He's our beat writer for The Athletic because you're listening to Brody and the Beard on The Athletic Podcast Network. Kelly, how you doing? Bro, I feel like I haven't parted with you in a month, but it was one, it was one show. It was just one show, but that just shows you how much you miss me. You know, yeah. like there, there's a there is a whole like a void when I'm not around. Yeah, Kelly, man, and you can just it wasn't sense the same. It. it wasn't the same, but I powered through. I powered through. You, you did a you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. And you know, well, well, let's just kind of get into that a little bit. You know, since since we're just starting with it, for those that didn't know, and they can go <laughs> back and listen if they haven't, you had Tabo Cephalosha on to really just talk about police brutality, the changes that have gone on uh, in the protests and everything they're seeing. So what was kind of one of your favorite notes that you guys hit on? I think one of my favorite notes was when I asked him if he was interested in going into the politics realm. And he talked about how, because he's been so out of touch with, you know, Swiss politics since he's been in the NBA for a while, it's kind of hard to get into that realm right now. But just him being around the NBA and being around social activism, you know, going through that experience in in New York in 2015, understanding what the real criminal justice system is like and seeing what really goes on behind the scenes, it kind of gave me, you know, a new perspective on things. And it was great talking to him. Yeah, no, I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, the his experience uh, is is up there 
you know, in terms of having right. actually physically dealt with police brutality. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed his perspective on everything. It was funny when you did press him on the politics part. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> not, every, <laughs> not everybody trying to jump into the politics. <laughs> it, was, it was one thing that was also really kind of interesting and, and, and perspective from for me was, you know, the fact that everybody has a story. You right. you were telling stories yeah. of your experiences of, you know, having a, a police officer pull a gun on you and, 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 and all sorts of things. So, you know, it's, there's, it's just one of those things, like everybody's got a story. And I think that's why we're, we're out here kind of protesting and, 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 and trying to change that. And Thabo made a great point, you know, drawing parallels between, you know, what we see in this country and also the racism he experienced, you know, in Europe, you know, it's, and overseas is pretty violent. Like if you watch soccer, you know, you'll see players that are subject to all kinds of racism and, and prejudices and stuff like that. And it's the same over here. And him being him having been in both worlds, it was interesting to see his perspective on how he approached both situations. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really a great episode, and I actually think it's good that I wasn't on because I could probably only just make it worse. Um, <laughs> so I think that it was it was a positive one. Again, folks, I highly recommend it. Go back and listen to it. It's it's amazing, and you know you're not going to find a, a a better interview than than Tabo for this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but since we are on the topic of protests, you know it's it's they're everywhere and NBA athletes are all over the place, you know, doing a great job kind of showing up at these peaceful protests. And Russ was here with DeMar DeRozan. They were here in Compton, LA, you know, protesting as well. It was, it was really interesting there. Did, did you have an idea that he was going to pop up Kelly? Uh, I, I didn't know he was going to pop up, but I figured there was going to be a response from Compton and from LA at some point. Just because, you know, with everything going on, that's a cultural hotbed. And, you know, there are tons of black people from that area that want to speak up and speak out against the violence and the and the racism and the craziness going on. And so I figured there was going to be some kind of response. And we also know that the NBA, NBA players have always been one to speak up and speak out against, you know, things that are wrong. So it was nice seeing Russ out there. It was nice seeing DeRozan out there. It was nice seeing... The rally he put together in the walk, it was a peaceful walk. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't any any violence. In, um, there wasn't any, it was just a walk to remember, to honor those that have passed, honor your loved ones, and just to push on. Yeah, and I, you know, I thought it was very eloquent, you know, when, it, when he spoke. And I think it's just important kind of these guys sort of showing out for the community as well, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's been a... Uh, it's it to be honest i'll just say one thing about just the protests in general you know it's been amazing to see the crowds that have come out you know and just it's everywhere not just compton i mean it's it's been you know la philadelphia uh new york obviously all over the world we're seeing massive crowds show up in london showing up in Germany, showing up in Paris. You know, it's 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 phenomenal. All this has kind of struck a chord. And it is cool to see, you, you know, the the NBA athletes kind of really kind of spearheading a lot of these things and, and, and pushing these protests and saying like, no, it's it's time for a change. And it's 
it's been phenomenal. Like I, I've, I can't say enough about it. Like I've, I've been really sort of not just not blown away, but like just in, in, impressed with the response. Their, the, yeah. yeah, but they want to get out there too. Right. Like you know, um, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are out there. Um, you know, you had Jalen Brown driving down. 15 hours to protest in, in his home state in Georgia. You know, you have Trey Young doing things. It was, right. you know, you have a, a broad range of older veterans like Russ protesting. And then you have guys like, you know, the, the, the young guys out there protesting. So it's, it's been really pretty. I, I, I think, I think the, the biggest thing, because obviously we're in times of there's a pandemic and people should be staying safe and social distancing. But, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are black fathers, they're black husbands, they're black sons to people. You know, and this hurt all of us and it should hurt. If you're not hurt by this, then something is wrong with you because this is not normal. It should not happen in society. It's happened way too often. And I love the fact that even in Houston, when I went to the protest, um, and there are people that have gone to way more than me, like my man Tyler Times from the Ringer. You know, he's covered like cities, you know, covering this journey. But I went to a couple in Houston and I, and I was so amazed to see the, the, the diversity and the unification of people. You know, it was, I think it was almost 65,000 people the last time I went there. Just, they had the guys on the horses. They had the signs. I saw a deaf person. I saw a blind people. Like, it doesn't matter what part of society you come from. Everyone knows right from wrong. And this is one of those times where you kind of had to stop what you're doing and come out and support a cause and make an effort. It's not just coming out and, and tweeting or coming out and reposting on Instagram. It's about trying to make active change. And we've seen, you know, in, in Minnesota, they've already uh, defended some of the police. In, in New York, now they've enacted a bill that is a crime now to call to call the police because of a, a racial prejudice. There are things that are happening, you know, and it's a good thing to see people um, have the ability to enact that kind of change. Yeah, and let's kind of focus a little bit on the the, the the protest you attended in Houston, Kelly. Right, right. You know what were some of the things? I know you touched on it here a little bit. What were some of the other things that kind of stood out to you? Um, that, um, that really kind of caught your eye. You know, it, it stuff like that. Eddie, I mean, some of the signs I've seen have been spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um, I don't know how much. I mean, some of them maybe we can't share, but like, you know, some of them. I mean, the, some of them are moving. Some of them, you know, to the point and and everything. And then some of them have just flat out made me laugh in the sense of like, yeah, it was pretty funny in making a good point. So, and uh, even for some of those signs, I saw some of the cops even, you know, laugh because the thing is, this: when you have a bunch of people and one thing about a protest that I didn't know is that you actually walk a really long way. I didn't know that. Um, it was about 10 or, or I think 20 blocks that you walked from downtown to past discovery green you know, you pass City Hall. And the most amazing thing to me was seeing the children. I think seeing them out there fighting the cause for a world that even though they haven't really been able to experience it that much, they will, you know, growing up, you know, whether you're 15, you're 20, 25, at some point in your life, you're going to experience racism as a black person in this country. Um, so the fact that I saw so many kids out there with their parents just holding signs, screaming and chants, you know, with the with the shirts and everything, it just showed me that you know there there are people in this world that can actually do something good and positive, you know, in the communities. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point of young and old, like, it was dope. There was a video of a a very young uh, black girl, like, screaming, no justice, no <laughs> yeah, peace. I saw that. And, takes, and I looked at that, and I'm like, man, I can't wait for this girl to grow up. She's going to be fierce. Like, she's going to be a, if she wants to, a congressman, a congresswoman, a president, whatever she wants. Like, she's going to be fierce. And, like, just the... The yeah. attitude of it. And, yeah. and you know, I think there's an element, too, that's kind of on the flip side, too, of like, you know, everybody's involved. We understand what's at stake. And, and you know, the important thing to me in this regard is this has to lead to more than just, OK, we protested for a while and then six months from now, we're not we're we're right. We're going to think. You, you know, and I think it's uh, some of it's, you know, the, the defunding of the police movement and things like that. And, and I highly recommend if you're not aware what that means to go look it up. It's not exactly necessarily what you think. Um, but I think the idea of, you know, we got to keep voting. It's an this is an everyday fight. And and right. I don't just mean this for the African-American community because it's been an everyday fight for you long before we started protesting. It's for everybody else who's protesting. Everybody else who's fighting for this. This can't be, we can't just be on to the next thing in a month. We have to be on top of this every day as well. If we're really going to affect change in this issue and start to make headway towards doing the right thing. And I think that also goes into part, you know, people's platforms. The NBA, you know, as a social vehicle, we've seen it, you know, with Donald Sterling and, and, the nonsense that he put the players through. We've seen players shown the ability to come together and, and stand for a cause and make immediate change. And while all celebrities aren't created the same, they all have a unique platform where people look up to them and they listen to the things they say and the things they do. So good on the NBA for taking that step, you know, individual teams, organizations putting out statements, being out in the field. We've seen the Bucks protesting. We've seen people from the Rockets protest. We've seen... People from all NBA teams in one form or another, you know, having their voice heard. And I think that's very important to us. And down the line, we'll see, hopefully, you know, some tangible changes. Yeah, and this isn't the only time the NBA's, you know, dipped into social change as well. I mean, you know, not long after the some gun violence, you know, we had the uh, LeBron, Carmelo, uh, CP, and Dwayne Wade at the ESPYs you know, making a PSA about gun violence and how we got to make a change and get gun control. All right. So I think, and all of this ties in, you know, all of these things are interwoven with each other. I think I do enjoy the fact that the NBA, the commissioner um, and the owners kind of allow the players to be themselves, you know, uh, wearing, I can't breathe t-shirts and things like that, you know, for warmups and stuff like that. We don't, right. You know, we, we, we know of a certain league that, that ran a guy out, um, <laughs> you know, for, for making a stand. And yeah, I don't think, think the NBA a, would allow that. The NBA wouldn't allow that ever. I don't think so. Well, I wouldn't say ever because well, they definitely now, did. They definitely, these days. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf yeah, would yeah, like a word with true. you. That's true. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, in present day and age. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. That was unfortunate. It's changed, but we've changed. But the NBA has changed and it's, right. and it's evolving and it's evolving with the times. And I kind of love that about the league, it being this progressive, 
in that sense. Now, right. listen, at the end of the day, there's still a business. It's still a, a billion-dollar industry. They're, mm-hmm. They are going to protect their money, but they're going to let their players be themselves and let them do them. And, and, and as long as they're doing the right thing in terms of just remaining peaceful and things like that, they really have allowed the guys to express themselves and, and get going. And when you think about it, it's because at the end of the day, the NBA is comprised of a lot of African-American players, a majority. And there's a power in the African-American dollar that people need to realize as a consumer, even outside of basketball. There's the power in the African-American dollar. Um, black people have real power. And if they can come together, you know, and we're seeing that now. But this isn't something new. This has been something that, that we've fought for forever, for decades um, for centuries even. And, you know, can we say it's going to end tomorrow? No. But that doesn't mean that we can't put our front fo- our best foot forward and, you know, try and find some kind of solution. Because there are solutions. But the only way you can acknowledge, you know, to find a cure is if you acknowledge that there's a disease. And that disease is racism and that disease is police brutality. So once those two are clearly identified, then we can find some kind of solution and a cure. Yeah, and it's it's it is a disease that that that's affecting us. It's and it's been here long before coronavirus. So, um, I think that's kind of a, a a good place to wrap. Kelly, you got anything else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I talked to Mike D'Antoni. I had the pleasure of speaking with him, and it was good to hear from him. Still talking about um, increasing the rotations. Uh, what goes into those rotations, actually, because that's been a hot topic in Rockets fans and NBA fans for a while. Um, hearing how he's tired of Zoom, he's Zoomed with all he can do. <laughs> uh, it was good to hear um, what three things, because I asked him what three things. Did, did your call Did your call go, did, was that on a Zoom call? No, no. It was did a, you guys it was have a, a conversation on Zoom? It would have been more funny if it was on Zoom. <laughs> should have just worked with me here, Kelly. Gosh, <laughs> Killing me, man. But well, it was good to hear from him. Um, so we'll see what they want to do, you know, as the league returns. But I, I think that the Rockets are in a better place than they were coming into it. So, well, we'll we'll jump into that stuff and 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 get back to talking hoops, folks, in the next episode. But this one, we really kind of wanted to touch on these topics here a bit. So, for Kelly Eco. For our new producer, Mike Zimmerman. For me, Mo DeKeel. We out. Yeah.